You're listening to an Imagine More podcast. The presentation you're about to hear was recorded as part of the 2021 Get That Good Life Conference. There were a few technical glitches in the original recording, so we've added a voiceover in a couple of places where the recording failed. Hi everyone, my name is Jessie Wood. I'm a year 12 student and I'm rehearsing for my school musical, which is Chicago. I'm here to tell you about Annette Bush and Jacob Bush. Jacob is a young man of 22 years. He finished year 12 in 2018. He is a surfer, a gym member, and a dancer. He works at Woolworth, owns a small business, and is a volunteer. Jacob has always enjoyed an ordinary, inclusive life. Annette is Jacob's mother. She is a big believer of inclusion. Today, Annette will tell us how Jacob's inclusive education led him to become an essential worker at Woolworths. She will also share the importance of having a strong vision and high expectations. I hope you enjoy listening to Annette and Jacob. I'd like to say hi to all attending that Get That Good Life conference today. And thank you, Jesse, for your lovely introduction. My name is Annette Bush, and I will be talking to you today about my son, Jacob, and how we as a family purposefully crafted a good life for him through the choices we made in regard to his education and life in his community. Jacob is now 22 years old and graduated from high school, having completed year 12 just over three years ago. Jacob's life is very full and enriched, doing all the ordinary things a young man of his age does. We certainly didn't want Jacob to witness life, serve the world through a window at home. We wanted him to be fully engaged in the community and have meaning and purpose to his life, not just filling in time with activities. Being entrenched in the community, we felt Jacob would come to know the feeling of success and that sometimes life isn't fair. Experiences I am sure you would all agree we need to have as adults. The roles we all have in life define our place in society and give other people a mental handle on who we actually are and how they can relate to us. We wanted Jacob to also enjoy having positive roles in his life. For example, Jacob is a Woolworths employee, a small business owner, copy trailer volunteer, a surfer, a surf club member, a dancer, a gym and music enthusiast, and a much-loved brother and uncle. Jacob's disability is only a small part of who he is as a person. But we also recognise that it does impact on his day-to-day life, a life which he has learned over time to navigate quite successfully. One of the things that can be difficult for Jacob is being understood when he speaks. Jacob serves at the checkout at worse and finds it difficult to know where to start a conversation when he is conversing with customers. Jacob also may not remember everything at once and needs lots of practice and reminding to master a skill. He must be taught the correct way in the first instance because once he has mastered a new skill, he doesn't forget. Jacob is the youngest of our five children and when he was born, I was quite overwhelmed with all the different therapies and interventions that were being offered to us. My husband and I felt that while these interventions had their place, 
We needed to treat Jacob like we had our other four children and expose him to just an ordinary life to enjoy everyday experiences. When Jacob was three years old, we asked ourselves, where are all the other three-year-olds? The answer was clear. So I went and visited all the local preschools in our area to see which one would suit us and whether it had inclusive and welcoming feel to it. We then enrolled him in our local community preschool where we knew being with other children the same age was a rich learning space for Jacob in his early formative years. When Jacob was about five and almost ready for primary school, we were encouraged to write down our hopes and dreams we had for his life. This document became our vision for what his life would look like when he reached adult life and beyond. I'd just like to read it to you now. As Jacob's parents, we want Jacob to grow through the different stages of his life and be seen as a person first and his disability as just one of his many attributes. To grow in our family as a happy and healthy person, both in mind and body. To be included in all aspects of life and have many learning opportunities, be it at school, in the workplace and out in his community. To be able to reach his full potential and showcase his gifts and talents, achieving this while being immersed in everyday life. For Jacob to be given the opportunity to continue to show us what he can do using his passions as he moves into adulthood. For Jacob's peers at school, workmates at his future employment and the community at large to see Jacob's worth and who he really is and form bonds of friendship because of seeing that worth. Our long-term vision for our son Jacob is that he will graduate from the regular class at school, having been fully and rightfully included and immersed in the greatest teacher of all, an ordinary life. With these needed tools to go on enjoying a fulfilling and happy life with the independence of choosing which way his life will go, that he will have meaningful employment, be a taxpayer and enjoy the benefits of having superannuation. He will choose where he will live, work and who he will spend his time with and ultimately have a home of his own. Above all, we envisage that Jacob will be just one of the gang and no different to each of us who have hope, fears, aspirations and a love of life. Without this clear vision of where we're going, we may have made very different decisions, which would have resulted in a very different life path for Jacob. As his parents, we realised that we could not hand over to anyone else the control of Jacob's life choices and what he would and would do or accomplish. Throughout Jacob's 13 years of schooling, we were challenged about our decision to want Jacob to be included in the regular class. This was especially so in the early years in primary and again when we transitioned from primary to high school. After Jacob finished preschool, we enrolled him in kindergarten at one of our local schools where his brother and sister were already attending. The school had never had a student with a significant disability enroll at the school prior to Jacob, as all students with a disability at the time were directed to a neighbouring school that had a support unit attached to it. Our vision was the thing that guided our decision-making the regular class was definitely where Jacob would be exposed to many different learning opportunities so we could see where his passions and interests were as he developed and grew. It took a little while for the teaching staff to understand why we made 
what seemed to them a difficult decision to have Jacob enrolled at the school with his same age peer group, many of those children having been at preschool with him. They didn't have the same vision we had of Jacob's entire life, not just a year at a time, which is often the case with teachers who have a whole new cohort of students each year. It was difficult for them to envisage that Jacob would achieve all the things we had written in his vision, having meaningful employment, being a taxpayer, and someday living in a home of his own. It was at school that Jacob was able to make all the informal connections that just being at the school with all the other kids afforded. For instance, one of the students, a couple of years ahead of Jacob, was the daughter of the local dance instructor. Now, one of Jacob's passions was a love of music and dance. And so when I rang to enroll him at the dance studio to do dance, the teacher already felt like she knew Jacob and him attending the school was not an issue at all. Another occasion where this connection was of great value was when I rang business to, to see about Jacob doing work experience in high school. The owner knew Jacob through her daughter attending the same dance studio and so was pleased to have Jacob do work experience in her cafe. One thing that became very evident early on with Jacob was that abstract thinking was almost impossible for him. When teaching Jacob, we knew that he couldn't pretend and take what he learnt to another space. As employment was in our vision for Jacob's life after school, we started to talk about work experience early in year nine and what that might look like in our term meetings with the school. We were very intentional about the fact that work experience had to be in local businesses for Jacob to understand what he was doing and to also hopefully have future employment in one of those businesses. In years 11 and 12, Jacob did work studies as part of the curriculum and we used this opportunity to expand on his work experience in year 10 to identify the business where future work opportunities were most likely to happen. Jacob did a full term block of work experience in three different businesses, two hours a week. The business we chose was Woolworths and so we approached them to see if he could continue to do work experience in the store once a week through the school terms. This regular exposure was crucial in Jacob coming to understand what working actually was and what was expected of him. The team at Woolworths got to know him and more importantly, the community at large also got to know him as a regular face at the checkouts. When Jacob graduated year 12, we approached the manager and had a meeting with him about Jacob having paid employment. Jacob had certainly learnt some skills in the time he had done work experience. And the manager acknowledged this and said Jacob could start doing two half days a week on the checkout. We were very mindful of the support that Jacob would need to be able to continue to work on the checkout. And so we used the funding he received from the NDIS to engage support workers who understood the importance of having employment and what that meant to Jacob and his life. He became a taxpayer and subsequently received superannuation. We continued to do job support for Jacob using his NDIS funding to maintain his employment, which is in line with his goals. It's three years since Jacob actually started working at Woolworths, but the biggest change to Jacob's employment and many other workers has been COVID-19. Jacob has been acknowledged as an essential worker who is serving the broader community with an essential service. This role as an essential worker has meant that Jacob has been offered extra shifts to cover for workers they couldn't work due to lockdowns and having to stay home with their children. This has also shown to management that Jacob can be dependable and help out covering shifts when needed. 
Jacob has also been recognised as being one of their fastest and accurate checkout operators, which shows that with regular practice comes mastery. He is a valuable team member who is making a contribution to his community. The manager has also acknowledged that Jacob brings something to the workspace that no one else can. Over time, he has built up a cohort of customers who will only go through Jacob's checkout to buy their weekly groceries when he is working with ships. As parents, sometimes we can be hesitant to change things when everything seems to be going well, and this was true for me. Prior to COVID-19, I had been thinking that Jacob could do an extra shift each week. When the workspace changed somewhat because of the new restrictions, I felt hesitant to approach management about perhaps changing Jacob's work hours. Unbeknown to me, management was hesitant to approach me about Jacob doing extra shifts as they thought the hours he was doing was all the work we thought Jacob could manage. When the front-end manager rang me and asked if Jacob could use some extra shifts, I realised I had misread the situation. One of the shifts he was asked to do was from 2 till 7 in the evening. We really weren't sure how Jacob would go doing a late shift. I certainly didn't want to stand in his way of him giving a try. So it turned out Jacob was more than capable and up to the task. Having high expectations of what Jacob could do was a lesson for me to remember. The manager thanked Jacob for really helping them out in covering those shifts. One thing we have noticed with any new support worker working along with Jacob, they comment that Jacob is known by everybody they meet when they are out and about. This, of course, was our intention, which I am sure, again, you would agree, is the best position to be in for someone who has a disability and could be seen as quite vulnerable. As human beings, we all want purpose in our lives. All of us have a need to know that we have lived a useful life. Contributing through a meaningful work role is how most of the adult population spend our days. And this is no different for people with a disability. Jacob having work in the open market gives him a valued role within that business where he's accepted as a sense of belonging and is missed when he is not there. He has enabled the community at large to hone and practice their skills of engaging with someone who has a disability. I encourage all who were attending the conference today to dare to dream big and prepare for where that takes you. Hello, Annette. <laughs> that was so fabulous. <laughs> what to say, but tech has provided a few glitches there. But, but the story that you were sharing is, is just wonderful. And I think that your vision for Jacob is really resonating. And we're seeing some comments come through about that. So... So if you're feeling ready after all of that craziness, I've just got a question here for you. Yeah. Um, since nobody's wondering whether you did anything in particular to bring along Jacob's teachers to understand your vision for him. Yes, yeah, so we actually shared that vision with them and we also talked about that at length in our different meetings. It was sort of a topic of conversation about what the future would look like. So we, we had to really bring the teachers along and the educators to understand why we were making those different decisions. And that helped a lot. And in doing that, did that help them understand why you were asking for the things you were? And did you find that that helped them to start sharing in that vision with you? Yes, I think it did because then they started to make suggestions about, you know, even with work experience, what could we do and, and who could we ask and, and how, how that process would work. I think it's, it's actually understanding the why. If you can get over that, then you're halfway there. So because it yeah. has, it's a totally different mindset that is historically thought about. 
when, a, when you talk about work for a person with a disability. Yeah, and I know that's something I've heard Janet Cleese say, if you know the why, the what and the how will come. But knowing that yeah. why can be, you know, such yeah. a sticky point. Think, yeah. It's got that yeah. out, the pathway becomes clear. We've got another Absolutely. question. If you had any barriers at any point, what did you do? <laughs> I did. Early on in the piece, it was because Jacob, we're talking like, you know, 15, 16 years ago when it was early days about um, kids with disability being in the regular class. So the barriers were there. We wrote it out and we gathered around us those that understood the why. And that's a journey and that's a process and it does take time. Yeah, but there's no mistakes. You know, you don't really do anything wrong. It is a process of, you know, getting to that point. And having that vision is absolutely essential, even though it seems like a really long time when they, they're only five and you're talking about going out of the house. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that that's such a powerful thing to, for families to hear, that it takes time surround yourself with those people who share in that vision so you can all walk the path together and not be not be distracted by some of the naysayers or the people who try and suggest that yeah. those things aren't possible. No, it would just, you know, gather around you those that actually, you know, you're taking on the journey with you and those that perhaps never going to change. <laughs> Maybe just yeah. <laughs> And I know that's a struggle for some families because the people they expect to be on that path with them sometimes aren't. And those people yeah. might be people who are very close in their lives. And that can be a very difficult thing to realise yeah. that they don't share that vision. So you mentioned the barriers for inclusive education. Were there any other big ones in Jacob's life? In the beginning, yes, there were. It definitely was. And we had to change people's mindsets. But once people were on the journey, our reputation preceded us. <laughs> As parents that really weren't going to change our minds about where Jacob belonged. And so, you know, being a small town, we weren't questioned as much as on. Yeah, like being known, it's such a strong thing of importance, yeah. isn't it? Thank you so much, Annette. That was such a great story to like this whole corporate because this is what it's all about. So thank Absolutely. you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Imagine More Podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to review us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And go to imaginemore.org.au for more great content.